This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. Hey, everybody. Raylan Casper White here, still recovering from my live show. We had a live show a while back, and I haven't slept well since. I suffer from, maybe I'll talk to you about this, doctor, but I suffer from the kind of insomnia where I have no problem falling asleep. But then I can't, once I wake up in the middle of the night because I have a frat boy at fucking next door, I can't go back to sleep. And then I get my, I usually sleep with my laptop because I'm a news junkie or I flick my bean. You know what I mean? I can't seem yeah. to just, it's a problem. So any tip, any tips before we start the interview on how to go back to sleep? I think um, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you turn on a screen. That fucks with your melatonin. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So just not do that. Or you could put it on that night mode. With the, um, is that a yellower screen? That yeah, just looks like it has like screen. scurvy or something. Not scurvy. What's the one? Jaundice, jaundice. Jaundice. The liver issues. My laptop has liver issues. Put it on jaundice mode, mm. and that'll that'll help you get back to sleep. I have a random question. Did you ever watch <clears throat> The Affair? No. Okay, then forget it. But let me just tell you, there was a one of the characters, the um, amazing actor, forgot his fucking name. He gets sick with um, some sort of cancer, a bad one, yeah. and then by the end of it, his eyes are like yellow. Mm-hmm. Is that real? Does that happen? Yeah, I thought you were going to say you remind me of him. No, you're both very good looking, I just want to say. And I think he's actually dating the actress now on the show, as as you do. But what happened? What's with this yellow eye? Like, literally yellow, like somebody yeah. injected iodine into his well, eye. It's, it's called jaundice. And oh, it is jaundice. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's jaundice. That is jaundice. Yeah. Your eyes get super yellow, and we call it a doorway diagnosis. When somebody walks in, you look at them, you're like, oh, you, I know what's going on. Kind of do me. your job for you with these doorway right. diagnoses. Exactly. Not everybody's like Dr. House. He knew everything, that guy. He's, he did you ever good. watch that? I did. I did. Did, watch it, did it annoy you or did you like it? It wasn't real. It wasn't that realistic. Yeah. But, surprise, um, surprise. <clears throat> it was interesting. I mean, he was a flawed person. He, yeah. He had, they didn't play it up that well, but he was uh, addicted An to narcotics. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, they sort of made light of it, but it, it was. Uh, yeah. It was one of those medical dramas, but a comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, was, People are dying. <laughs> What's the diagnosis, right? Someone wants to fuck somebody else in the conference room. Exactly. Um, you are an ER doctor. That's which right. I Which I find appealing. I wasn't going to bring a dermatologist on here or a proctologist. I know what he wants to hear about rectal activity for I hour. know one if you need if you Well, need maybe one. for my own purposes, but yeah. not you, not for the show. Um, how long have you been doctoring? Uh, I've been an ER attending for, I don't know, 17, 20 years. What brought like you that. in? When you were in med school, what made you want to go into ER physicianry? Oh, boy. I mean, I hated med school. Did I you? I almost dropped out a million times. And Did then, you want to be an artist instead? Sort of. Okay. I, don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but uh, you know, my dad was a doctor. Oh, it's so, one of those. Yeah. Okay. So I ended up in medical school. and Was it real pressure from the family to continue the... Not uh, really. I mean, I took a year off, and I was just sort of traveling around and... I met all these people who were like selling beads and had no borders and boundaries. And I was like, this is going to be me in a minute. And so I had already done all the medical school prerequisites. Where did you do medical school? Michigan. Michigan. In Ann Arbor? Yeah, in Ann Arbor. Is that a a huge state school, right? It's like a big monster of a school. The University of Michigan is easily the best school in Michigan. That's nice. And it's an excellent medical school. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't putting it down when I, I said huge I state you, school. No, you no, may no. Have been a little no, bit. no, no. I don't mean it like, oh, it's a big party state school. No, I'm just saying it's a huge school. It's a big school. It's a big it's not like a fourteen person medical school in near Oberlin is what I'm saying. It, it's okay. near Oberlin. It is it? It is. Oh. Because Oberlin's in Ohio. I didn't know that. Yeah. Here I am. 
showing my ignorance of geography. Um, so you did medical school. Now you are Turkish. That's right. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Actually, I bought the twenty um, three and Me you recently. Did? And did you find that you had like French blood in there too, or what? It's just sitting on the shelf. I haven't used it yet. Oh, you haven't used it yet. Yeah. What are you What are you hoping to find? Maybe a little Jewish. A little yeah, you want to be a little Jewish. I hope so. Real? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I wish more people in the world African were like blood. you. We'll see. I mean, my dad did it, and he got a little bit of Italian. Okay. In him, I like I said, so. Italian. That was nice. Well, Is that how Turk, Turks say Italian? I was just trying to make it a little thank, so I can understand. So you could understand. Thank you. <laughs> a, you're yeah. a gem. So you are Tur- you were born in Istanbul or Ankara or what? In Istanbul. In Istanbul. Yeah. Okay. And you, I have a, I have a, you're gonna have to take. I have a cut here. I just want to show everybody. I have a cut, paper cut that's gotten infected. And before we started recording, you said you were going to express the pus out of it. I'll help you out. Which is really a poetic way of just like popping a zit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is kind of gross. It hurt. How does that get in fat? Just as a paper cup. I didn't like put it in shit afterwards. What, what does that mean? You like, know, it just there's bacteria everywhere. There's danger there everywhere. There is. It's a scary yeah. world. Um, you just have to express have it. Little, express like, yourself. Yeah. Um, how old were you when you moved to the States? Oh, we came over here when I was three. Oh, okay. Three or four. Do you speak Turkish? I do. Do yeah. t- people in Turkey also speak Arabic, or is it just Turkish, or is it no, similar? No, it's just Turkish. It, it's very different. It's completely unrelated. Actually. It's unrelated. Turkish okay. is this bizarre. It's not even close to Greek. It's its own geographically. It's close, but it's its own sort of. Uh, in, it's not Indo-European. It's Altaic. Altaic. So it's not okay. related to any of the, It's vaguely related to Hungarian and to Finnish. Okay, Finnish is the one that yeah I know that connects to weird yeah. languages all over it's the from place. From Central Asia. Okay. So. Okay, but then the uh, Ottoman Empire. Did they all end up speaking Turkish everywhere? In the Ottoman Empire, they spoke a kind of Turkish and Ottoman. Uh, Ottoman, too. Okay. You know, the Ottoman Empire was very multicultural, very diverse. They were, you know, Turks, Jews, Armenians, Arabs. Right, right, right. And uh, if you weren't Muslim, you could live among the... the uh, you could the, live, the masses. You just have to pay a tax. Right. It's like, a, a, yeah, an Armenian tax, a Jew tax. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. I understand that. I pay a mullet tax half the time. <laughs> so I get it. So you went into medical school. You decided to go into ER. Is it because, um, because I have another friend who's an ER doctor, and she told me that she wanted to go into ER because at least you're not on call. Like, when you're done with work, you're done. Yeah. Nobody's calling you like, doctor, I need, you know what I mean? You're not dealing with cases afterwards. Like, you're in there, it's hell on earth, and then you leave. That's right. I mean, I wouldn't say it's hell on earth. Okay. But, you know, you work very hard. It's intense. And then when you leave, you do leave. It's nice not to carry a beeper, even if you... A beeper. They still have beepers. Doctors still have beeper. Was it? They probably do, or maybe I. I don't even know because I'm not in that. You don't need it. World. I don't need it. Yeah. That's funny. But but yeah, that was the beeper. I remember we carry around a beeper. What did doctors wear before they made Crocs? They always have some. There was some kind of like uh, like those Dansko. Dansko. You know those things? No. Is it ballet slippers? What is it? It's like a Danish. I don't even know. It's like a clog. It's a clog. They wore loud clogs. They were clogging through the hospital. Yeah. I mean, and and there's a certain character who wears those. And, you know, when even in the hospital, there are different personalities. I mean, certainly hierarchies, but there's also personality types. And, you know, every orthopedist is the same guy. Is he real? Describe the orthopedist to me. Sort of powerfully built. Okay. Concrete thinking. Interesting. You know, and it doesn't matter where in the world you are. I did a rotation. I was in Turkey. Okay. Uh, you know, I was in, in other parts of the world. The orthopedist is the same guy, but just They a work out language. a lot or what? They work out a lot. The women too? Or you don't see a lot yeah. of female orthopedists? No, they're kind of, they could be wiry or powerfully built Okay. As well. well, doesn't wiry, wiry imply not powerfully built? I thought wiry always strong. meant... Strong. Really? Strong, like a tensely... Tensely packaged. That's right. Okay. 
Interesting. No, because you said men. You were implying men. I know that. I just didn't know if if, if most is, of the orthopedics are men. Yeah, most of the orthopedic surgeons are men. Most, uh, many gynecology gynecology has now become a predominantly. Yeah, that always baffled me. Why women. men want to go into gynecology? Well, it used to be a, a male-dominated profession as well, and it was very highly paid. Oh, okay. Um, it's a tough job. Gynecology or OBGYN is tough, like giving birth. Yeah, giving birth, right, stressful. right, right, right. Well, in some countries, because uh, I've given birth all over the world, I have 34 kids. And so in some countries, the here in America, your OBGYN that's treated you is the one that comes to the hospital to give, to, you know, birth the baby with you. But in other countries, that that's not the case. You just, You're under care of one OBGYN, but once you go to into labor and you go to the hospital, they just have whoever's on staff there. Of the draw. Or the midwifery or whatever the fuck they're doing, you know, the doula. The right. ones that just kind of massage you and whisper into your labia while you're giving birth. But, um... So I just didn't know. Yeah, OBGYNs, they're in there. You're seeing every discharge humanly possible. Then you go back to your wife. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it actually it uh, desensitizes you to anything funky with your partner. Just a thought. Could be. You know what I mean? You're like, I've seen... Okay, I don't want to get graphic. I hate talk, getting graphic like cottage cheese shit. <laughs> Who wants to hear that? Yeah. I've never had any of that. I've always been clean as a whistle. Rosy. Yeah. Smell of patchouli emanating from my inside. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm, I don't believe you. But uh, <laughs> you got it at ER. So tell me some of the... Because you watch TV shows like ER... Chicago Med, Chicago Hope, Detroit Med, Detroit Hope, whatever the fuck. There's always like stat and running and the and the, the you yeah. know the screeching of the wheels and people turning. Does that ever happen when there's like I guess have you ever had any gunshot like when it's urgent and you're screaming commands and people are bringing in the IVs? Does that ever happen? Yeah, I mean you 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 might you might say stat. That's it. I mean you might get excited. It's, it's, excited. It could be yeah. It could be chaotic. I mean, it's always chaotic. It's okay. like, uh, you know, it's the safety net for our healthcare system that's failing. And so, you know, every year there are more and more people in the ERs. It's busier. And um, and there's this whole, you know, population of unlucky people who always show up at the ER. I mean, I don't mean unlucky like they got cut. I mean, right. they're just sort of, you know, alcoholics or schizophrenics or yeah. homeless or yeah. whatever. So there's a lot of that, and, and, and you just sort of, that's the substance of the <laughs> of the work. And then on top of that, you have all the real misfortunes, the gunshots, car accidents, and pneumonias, heart attacks, strokes, you know. Right. So people are rushed in sometimes out of the ambulance into the oh ER. Oh, God, yeah. And you're running it with the staff. Like, it's I just want to see if it's as, like, choreographed as it is on TV. Right. Now, we, we wait there, and they bring the patients to us, okay. the EMS people, bring the right. patients to us. We'll be waiting there for them, and then and then uh, we'll spring into action. You will. And do you yeah. ever do those paddles where you... you uh, definitely. You've done the paddles. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you say clear. You do say clear, and then, and then they kind of gyrate. And then you shock. And what are the, the odds shock. that actually helps, yeah. percentage-wise, like if someone's in cardiac arrest? If or, somebody's in cardiac arrest, the likelihood of... Getting back depends on how qu- how quickly you get to the okay. hospital. Okay. But if you get there in a timely fashion, uh, you know maybe twenty percent. Twenty percent is not that not great. Good. Not it's great. Not good. Well, listen, if you're do a young EMTs person, do it the in EMT, the ambulance absolutely. too. Absolutely, okay. amazing. Okay. Uh, thank goodness for the paramedics. Yeah, so they yeah, do yeah. a lot of the work before they even bring people in. Okay, they are the unsung heroes, aren't they, paramedics? Well, yeah. You know what I mean? They don't. I mean, do they have a show? I'm wondering if they have a TV show about paramedics. You know, you're right. They should have their. their it's own hard show. to shoot inside an ambulance. That's a problem. I think from a technical perspective, so in terms of studios, they're like, let's just get a nice hospital. There right. has to be sex scene. You know, there's always got to be some behind triage. Well, the ambulance might That's be, true. Yeah. While the person's out. A stretcher. Yeah, it's moving. It's hot. It's sexy. Um, t- do you have any, like, advanced, like craziest shit that happened to you in the ER? 
I don't know. It's all crazy. Well, it, okay. It, that doesn't okay, help I, me. I don't know. I didn't, I should have prepared a craziest story. No, it's okay. But, but something that stayed in your mind, even, it doesn't have to be crazy, like yeah. fun. It can actually be like something that was very hard for you or emotional or, you know, whatever. Well, there's so many, it's just so the, you know, the daily things that you deal with are so out of the ordinary. So um, last night, I'll just tell you a funny story. Last night, um, I had an Italian, uh, by the way, yes. I'm at a hospital in Brooklyn. Okay. Which is one of the most uh, diverse hospitals in the world. I okay. mean, the patient population. If not, probably the most diverse hospital in New York. The other one is Elmhurst that kind of gives us a run for a When you say diverse, do you say socioeconomically too? Like you're dealing with a lot of poor, mm, poor people? Yeah, everybody's poor, but they're from different countries. Okay, so you have to know a lot of languages. There's not always a translator on hand. Yeah, we, don't, we have uh, a few Chinese translators. Um, some Russians, but we use a machine. There's oh, there's like a, a machine. Yeah, there's a translation machine. Oh, wow. So people talk into it and it spews out in a voice? Yeah, it's like you connect to an operator. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, it's That's smart. Really, it's actually an iPad. It's oh. not really a machine. Oh, but it's a bot or it's I, I a real overstated. person? Is it like Google Translate with well, a bot? We just got them. They're on wheels, so it kind of looks like a robot, but it's actually just an iPad on, okay. on wheels with a um, speaker. Okay. So... Okay. But that's scary because what if it's not a human translator? It's automated. What if there's a mistake? Yeah. I mean, that's you're like, I've, yeah, there it is. Sucks yeah, for us. That's why we use humans. <laughs> oh, so it is a human on the other end. It's, a, it's, it's an, an operator. operator. It is. Right. Okay. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, last night I had an Italian uh, woman and there is a um, sizable population of Italian old ladies who don't speak English in Brooklyn. Surprisingly, there's still a sort right of Right out of Sicily. Yeah. How, they're probably in their 90s already. I mean, they're old. Yeah. And um, and there's some young ones, too. I mean, there's some, you know, people in the middle age, young people, Italian immigrants, but which is, you know, when you think about the Italian immigrant experience, is like they I came thought it was like in the 50s, ago. yeah, right. 40s, 50s, 30s, 20s. So this woman spoke a little English, but not really, and I tried to ask her, I was like, what's going on with you? Right. What's, what's wrong? And Did she you gesticulate like, with your hands like I'm, that just to kind of make it more expressive? Well, I, I realized yeah. that the more gesticulation yeah. I did... right. The more she started under, so finally, I just started speaking in like a full-on stereotype Italian What are accent. you talking about? What's the problem with you? What, 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 what is the pain? You had a pain here, and then she what? was like, ah, okay, one, two, three. And oh, she was wow. Like, so it she, really worked. It was it was pure comedy. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Me. Good for you that you're so flex with that, that you're yeah. willing to go the extra mile for your patients. What did she have? What was, what was the problem? I don't know. She had chest she ended pain. She ended up not figuring have, it out. I have no idea what was wrong <laughs> with her. Is, do we... Do ER doctors, because I know that my uh, primary care uh, physician is worthless because all he does is just send me to specialists. So at this point, I just bypass him and I just decide which specialist I need. In the ER, how much are you able to, like, supposed to do? Do you have to end up calling surgeons for surgery? And yeah. every, you just call the other people from the other floors? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a clear division of labor. You're just so. a diagnostician, essentially. But I mean, I, I don't. I, I just heard you say just. A no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean we to minimize are, that. Yeah, I meant you are the diagnostician. That's right. That most of the diagnosis actually happens in the ER. Okay. Uh, it's come to that. I mean, ER has carved out its uh, niche, and it, now we do a lot of a lot of stuff that previously was done by other services. But, you know, for example, if a woman comes in in labor, I want an obstetrician to deliver that baby. I would hope However, so. However, frequently. It happens that an obstetrician is not, you know, immediately available, or you may be working in a hospital where there's no, you're the only doctor there, so it's part of our job to know how to deliver babies as well. Okay. Do you have to do, like, refresher courses? Yeah. How often do you have to do that? Well, continuous, we're continuously trying to... Get closer to the mic, I'm sorry. ...remember... uh, There you you go. You continue to try try and remember, is that what you said? Yeah. (laughs) Continuously... uh, mm, Learning again, you know. How um, I 
have the hours of like the residents, I know that there are all these articles about overworked residents and, you know, how people stay lucid and why they're working them so many fucking hours. Has that gotten worse since you were in medical school or better? Or do you see that in your work? Do you experience that yourself where you're overworked and you're literally fuzzy? No, I mean, my job, you know, I'm in attending, so I've sort of reached that point where I have a pretty stable uh, How many hour job. shifts? Well, you know, I work like 20 to 40 hours a week. Oh, mm. that's pretty cushy. Yeah. It's not bad. But, How long you know, is I your also, longest shift? Uh, 12 hours. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But do you have like a nap time? Because I need a nap. Do you ever need a nap time? In you know, that would be a good idea. But no, we don't have nap time. You have downtime? You have a little break? You yeah, can... we'll have a little break. Okay. Like, um, yeah. Coffee. It varies from ER to ER. Some places you get like a mandatory half hour break. Uh, we don't have that. We sort of work through, but you know, we take a little 10, 15 minutes here and there. Wow. You have to kind of refresh your brain. Do you find yourself less uh, competent as the shift goes on? Definitely. That's yeah. not great. If I see you, I want to see you at the beginning of your shift. Well, listen, that's true for anything. I yeah. mean, that's true for surgery. If you're going to get a surgery, you better get it in the morning. In the morning, right. Because you're more likely to get a, you know. Unless the guy had a bender the night before, right? Surgeon went partying and he's <laughs> tired of them. You know what I mean? You need an extra hour. Then you wait till they sober up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's yeah, what? Let's hope. So surgery, do they do surgeries in the afternoon? But even, let me tell you, they also, they, they found among judges, yeah. there was a study in Israel where judges were more likely to deliver a guilty verdict or a negative verdict later in the day. No. So it's Oh, I wonder if they do that here, too. It could be. That's interesting. Oh, wow. Okay, well, but, hopefully I won't get in trouble with the law. Yeah, but we're, we're you know, more and more careful about providing um, sort of wellness for the residents. It's a, it's a tough job. And emotionally, it's difficult. And, and residents, you know, they pay to be there. They don't get paid, right? They actually do get paid. Oh, they, they do, don't but get they get paid, like a pittance. They don't get a lot right. compared to what they get later. Okay. ER, how does ER uh, rank in terms of like salaries compared to the other specialties? Kind of in the middle. Okay. So you're a yeah. solid, humble guy. What's the most, like plastic surgery? Yeah, plastic or surgery. Or what about brain surgery? Neurosurgery, orthopedics, those are up at the top. The procedure-based specialties, they have it figured out because they can bill per procedure, whereas somebody like an internal medicine doctor, right. you just bill per visit, so you don't quite make as much money. Oh, because these guys can do visit and a procedure. Like, right. you were in my office, and I touched you, and I operated on you, and then, then I talked to you yeah. afterwards. And then I took the stitches out. Boom, another whatever. Unbelievable. What a fucking racket. I mean, you know, you go to school for 300 years. Yeah, so okay, it, fair enough. Justify it, fair enough, and your, yeah. your medical debt. How do you? Uh, how does ERs in America, even in the poor ones, compare to ERs, let's say in Turkey or like the public, the ones that have a socialized medical system? Uh, the ERs in uh, Turkey specifically mm-hmm. are pretty well developed on the American model because of one man actually, whom I know, who went over there. He's a missionary for emergency medicine, and he happens to be a missionary for Christianity as well. John Fowler. Okay. He's this big, enormous guy. He used to play rugby and football went over to Turkey and started emergency medicine there. So it's really well developed there. In other countries in Europe, they'll have the doctor in the ambulance, uh, sort of a general practitioner, and he'll come. And it's a totally different model. So I don't think it works as well. Well, Um, I don't know in terms of, I know, I think I talk about this with another doctor on here, like socialized medicine, at least everybody's covered and getting care. But they're because it's, they're trying to keep costs down too. They're not going to do all the tests that necessary or, you know what I mean? That goes into consideration of what tests they're going to send you to. But again, right. I guess here too, I mean, if someone's not covered, they won't do any tests on you. Will they? Are they obligated to do that? Like yeah, if I come into an ER and I don't have any health insurance, do you still do all the care you need to? Everything. You yeah. do? I mean, there there are discrepancies. I mean, there are dis- health care disparities based on income. But once you come to the ER, you get pretty much everything. Nobody says, oh, this is supposed to have insurance. No, let's not do the CAT scan for them. 
Okay. And you're pretty, I think, admirably blind to that. And then if someone can't pay, do they get chased down? Many hospitals will. Some hospitals, uh, the county hospitals, mm-hmm. for example, at Kings County, where I worked for many years, they won't really, they might send you a bill, but they won't send you to collect to a collection agency. Okay. But that said, medical debt is the number one cause of, you know, uh, depression. Depression. Suicide? And um, bankruptcy. Thank you. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if you need medical care and you just fly into Sweden, will they give it to you? Probably. If you're not a citizen, people you just fly camp into out here. There. Yeah, people fly fly from JFK and they um, have to bring them to the hospital and they get dialysis here. I mean, it's crazy. I just on a, on my Facebook page, somebody posted a, a GoFundMe for her breast chemo. I mean, it's tragic. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? It's I don't know. I, I mean, look, I get that it's a massive country and it's hard to manage, but it still kills me that it's not. People always like bitch about America, but I guess Sweden's smaller. Right? Scandinavia is smaller. It's easier to manage having, I don't know, people here with tech. Anyway, we yeah. want to go there. Um, okay, so you had this Italian woman that you were gesticulating in a very politically incorrect fashion that worked. Have you ever had anybody die in your presence? Yeah, of course. We have um, people die every day. But but like in front of you, <laughs> like like you tried to resuscitate? And yeah, the, it's they, awful. That yeah, is it awful. Is, it is terrible. Okay. Uh, but I don't even want to talk about these okay. sad stories. Okay. You know? All right, think about happy story. Yeah, I mean, saving a somebody. A lot of... Saving people stories. Oh, let's do a saving people story. Let's let's yeah, uplift I can't everybody. Think of any of them. Oh, great! Well, that's helpful. But okay. they're they're there. They're <laughs> we do that all the time. Do you um, um, do you go to the ER? I've or? been to the ER many times. Now you know. Now, luckily, um, I've I've had because I've been so sexually active over my many years. I get a lot of UTIs, mm-hmm. and so that's my main reason for going to the emergency room because I've taken so much antibiotics over the years that I'm now resistant to a lot of them. So I'll come in, and it usually happens if the men are uh, more well-endowed for some reason. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, and more irritating to my cystic, whatever the fuck it is. And the cranberry juice doesn't help, and me peeing before sex, during sex, after sex, none of that helps. So then I end up feeling like I'm pissing glass. For anybody who hasn't had a UTI, it does feel like you're pissing glass. And I'll go in, and they're like, let's put you on this. I'm like, no, I'm allergic to this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh, that's not good for you then. And it's fucking painful. That's my ER. But ER takes forever because they got to do all this other shit. <laughs> well, they don't, you know, like blood work, blood pressure. I'm like, fuck my blood pressure. I'm fine. My cardiac condition is fine, okay? It's I'm pissing glass and I, you know. So you got to make sure that you take yeah. care of that shit. So then I go, for, I get so turned off, but I go through periods of just celibacy. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? I just, I don't, I just want to pee regular. I just don't want to. People don't realize how I, gifted mm. it is to pee regular. Yeah, that's a, that is a little It's a blessing. gift. Yeah. Men can get UTIs, can't they? Yeah. But they yeah. don't as much. Men don't get Doesn't. shit as much in general. Yeah, men are luckier that way. They are. Would you ever uh, go to one of these urgent cares, like a CDMD? Oh, I've been there, you too. To I've been to all of them. Yeah. They're, I like CDMD. They're delightful. It's clean. It's clean. They have, like, um, free tissue packs that have the logo on it. Yeah. They have pens that you can take. I like it. I like yeah. the, the merch. Do you like CityMD? Are they competent? Uh, I've I've taken my kids there. I've gone there myself, but I I would say by and large the the doctors there are not quite uh, as well versed as as well, yeah. Okay, as, as but can't you treat your own kids, or is that a conflict? I do. Yeah. I mean, but why are you taking your CityMD? Why not? Because in case you make a mistake, because you be... lose judgment. You kind of uh, you you have you get magical thinking. You're just not objective. You don't. Do you, you, would you really get magical thinking with your kid if something was like very wrong? You'd be like. Mm. 
Well, I mean, if you take your child to the pediatrician, they're going to look in the ears, they're going to look in the throat, they're going to start okay. from scratch, whereas you're just like, just suck it up, you know, it's like a fever, <laughs> yeah. you know, like... Thanks, Dad. Uh, or, you know, treating yourself. You're not yeah. supposed to do that, but we do it all the time. And Yeah, you know, I'm good at treating mistakes. myself. I have a stable of medications in my cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> I got everything from penicillin, amoxicillin. I got it all, because I know, I know my body. Look, I think that sometimes doctors don't trust patients enough. Yeah. Doctors think they know better. It's a God complex. And the biggest thing I find, the biggest problem in this in this country, and maybe all over, I don't know, fucking bedside manner. Yeah. Bedside fucking manner is the worst. And not so much with the doctors. Also that when you're lying there and then the stable of people doing their rounds with these geeky students with their clipboards talking like a sticker like a lab rat, yeah. that is the worst. There is no dignity in that. And I don't know how you, why can't people do training in better bedside manner? Isn't there a course on that? My goodness, yeah, it, there is. There, there, there is, are, but it's a yeah. short one. It's a, <laughs> but it's uh, easy to forget. You know, you just so it's so hard to learn medicine that you just kind of forget. You're so focused on trying to figure out the, the science of it that right. you kind of forget that there's a person there. But yeah, but then the minute you get sick yourself, yeah, you become like the biggest victim never, on the planet. You'll never forget. You know, yeah. once once a doctor gets sick, they become a better doctor because maybe they, doctors you know, need to just be induced with sickness first. God you know forbid. what I mean? No, yeah. I'm just saying, like in like hospitalizing for something minor. Yeah, something minor, nothing big. Like a, like an infection. That or you even like don't an be, STD. An STD. Great. Give them some syphilis, gonorrhea, something festive. But not even that. Put them in a ward without any sickness. I'm yeah. sure they'll get one with those hospital superbugs. But just put them in there for like a week and just see how they feel when these angry Ukrainian nurses come by. Jabbing them, can't find their vein, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. See how they feel. That's a good idea. That is a That's good That's a good idea. program. That's I a like good that. idea. I, we thought about doing that, actually, putting them in the ER, because it's boring to sit there for four, five, six hours yeah. without any reading material, without an iPhone. With the curtain next door, with someone obviously having flatulence. I always get stuck with someone oh. farting up a storm in the thing next to me, or the groaners. My God, welcome to my life. I know. It's hard. It's hard. The farting I can handle, but the groaning... And it depends on all ages, but if you have someone older there, it's like, eh. it's so uncomfortable to hear. Yeah. It just makes you cringe. And there's some things after 20 years you can't get used to. You can't no. get used to like bad smells. Like you no, don't habituate not. to that. Yeah. And then people groaning the, is something you just, it just gets right into the core it did, of I'll do it again. You know? Or a baby crying. You yeah, know? that's I mean, the baby, worst. It's like designed to like I know, get you up care, and like yeah. try to help. But it, do they bring know. babies to the ER? Isn't there a special children's hospital for that? Well, we have a pediatric ER, which okay. is um, okay, yeah, which is like every manner of immigrant in Brooklyn. I mean, it's amazing that the predominant. Uh, we have a lot of um, Uzbek babies now. Oh, so you really? Can see, Are like, they cute? The Uzbek babies. Lovely. Oh, Uzbek. Little, yeah. They're a fun bunch. Yeah. So in, you know, 10, 15 years, that's that's going to be the, you know, the demographic shift oh, in Brooklyn. Oh, because you, oh, oh, you know that. You can kind of tell what's going to yeah. be happening just by the Uzbek babies. Right. Is Uzbekistan a war-torn? Or are they fine? Just no, horseback riding? Yeah, they ride horses. They have uh, an authoritarian uh, government, you know, all the stans do. The stans, right, right, right. It's too bad. Yeah. Well, Tajikistan. Tajikistan, Kazakhstan. I feel like Uzbekistan, which is the one that Borat went to. Kazakhstan. 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 He gave them a nice little PR. Or not. I don't not remember. Really. Yeah, they didn't yeah, like him. I don't think they did. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Have you ever been to Cuba? I did, yeah. I went why, to, was, why is the medical care there so great? Like, what's, what's that weird juxtaposition? Well, I actually did a month in the Che Guevara Medical School. And, okay. Uh, learned Spanish there. And um, they, <laughs> they take care of their people. I mean, they you know, in, prioritize... In Medically, yeah, they prioritize health care. They have uh, doctors do home visits. We got to do some, you know, house calls when we were oh, that's following nice. doctors. There you go. 
it's kind of nice going into somebody's house and you yeah. see, you know, their photographs and everything. It humanizes them. Um, we had a, a doctor who uh, we shadowed. And what's amazing about Cuba is they're so musical. The people are so musical that whenever, like, a car would drive by with music on, he would start kind you of start dancing. dancing? He would start sort of like... I love that. Them. Yeah. I love that. He was lovely. Wow. I do feel like um, Latin cultures that there's that music it's it's uplift there's a lot of uplifting music it does make you want to kind of move and boogie um and then you see people in in dire straits that still have this kind of joy of life that permeates like you said like you know that in other cultures where the music's can just kind of sad and depressing you know might not be the best option i don't know right. i'm just saying you yeah. go to russia maybe maybe if they had a little more like merengue music they'd chirp up a bit yeah just why a is that I, I don't know i guess it's this climate is it climate I wonder, yeah, put the Russians at the equator. I wonder what they'd be like. I don't know. A lot of vodka involved. A lot of vodka and pasty bellies. We have a lot of Russians at, at our hospital. They're all obsessed with their blood pressure. Are they? Well, it's too much. Was it bor- Borscht is good for you. Is it too much meat, alcohol, and depression? I mean, they have the same blood pressure as anybody else. They're just <laughs> obsessed with it. They're very numerically sort of minded, and they record it, and they come in. They're like, my blood pressure. You know, I'm not going to do the accent. That's but, fine. I'm sure uh, there's some Russians that are not obsessed with their blood pressure. Okay, let's put that out there as a there might be as a caveat. But a lot of them yeah. are. Like Jews are neurotic and hypochondriacs. That's a known fact. They admire, they embrace it. Right. They're proud. It's nice to it's nice to meet meet all these people from uh, all these different countries, and you know, I try to ask them what they did in their own. Like the Russians in particular, it's quite a it's an amazing window into these people who survived communism, and you know, came to this country. Amazing stories. I'm Chinese sure. people who left Taishan and, you know, have family there. They're sending money back. Mexicans. Yeah. Central Americans. How about Pakistani. the Hasidic Jews? We you have a, a lot, lot there? Those. Got a lot of those. How do, how's their intercommunication skills? Do they talk to you in Yiddish? You know, they're, I mean, a lot of them speak English. Uh, it's interesting because I, you know, I had never worked with them. I'd always seen them on the street, like in Williamsburg right, or right, whatever. Right. I was kind of curious about them. And, and their whole culture is set up to resist other people kind of meddling and getting in there. You know, they're pretty insulated. Insular, yeah. And so here I am in, in their very intimate moments, and they're just like anybody else. We're all human. May, they may be a little more neurotic, but, you know, they're also uh, very curious. So you'll, so you'll tell them, uh, you know, okay, you have pneumonia. Well, okay, what's that? Well, it's an infection of the lung. Well, then what? And, and then okay. you just end up like for half an hour explaining all of medicine. You know, right. they're always asking you Right, questions. right. Well, that's that's a Jewish, the didactic, right? Uh, sorry, dialectic, yeah. right? Where they're questioning and asking and debating and that's they're, a thing. Yeah, they're debating me. Right, yeah. right. They're like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Can an Orthodox Jewish woman be examined by a male doctor uh, in we, private? We try to be mindful of that for Orthodox Jewish women and, and for Muslim women as well. Uh in a pinch, I think uh, it depends, you know. Uh, is the husband standing there like, you can't do this or you can't do that, or I, no? I, no, I mean, people are pretty sensible. It's more with the uh, the Muslim, the Pakistani and the Bengali women that they're more, and, and the Yemeni. Okay. We have Yemeni as well. They're more, uh, you know, strict about that. But, you know, the thing about the Orthodox Jews is Friday, you know, almost, it's almost sundown. Right. Suddenly it's a race. Everybody has to get out of there. They're really yeah, strict they get about Yeah, right before Shabbos. the Sabbath, yeah. So it's like, 
you know, people, and, and if it is, if it is like Saturday, you see them on Saturday, you can't uh, hand them a piece of paper. They can't carry anything. They can't use Even if they're coming to the hospital, if it's a medical uh, risk, I thought that kind of you cancels know, everything out. They're, they're very, they're very uh, mindful of this and, and very uh, diligent. I mean, it's actually quite impressive. Wow. You know, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, doctor, don't tell anybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't not. feel well. My head hurts. Like, yeah. fuck it. Give me the paper. Right. Good for them. Yeah. Or not. I don't know. It depends if you're happy about that. They do okay. Uh, any Somalis? We don't have Somalis. Uh, we lack that ethnic group. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder um, if there are any Somali immigrants. I think they go to in, like uh, yeah. Minnesota. Mostly. Is that the uh, of, is that the hub? Yeah. I wonder what's appealing about fucking Minnesota to anybody. People in Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. choose Minnesota? That's weird. I mean, the Nordic people up there. That's Well, they're, yeah, but for some reason, Somalis, I feel like, why, you know, I'm Nordic. I don't know. Yeah. It's cold, and I, I, I think everybody should just go to Miami. If I yeah. were coming to the U.S., I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Palm trees, fake titties, like, this is my destination. I, I This is just me. I wouldn't pick Ohio or Minnesota. I don't know. That's You're just, right. I mean, people think people are crazy for living in New York City. So I guess everybody has their, you know. I, you know, I think there's probably one Somali family there, and everybody's like, it's a community. Right. And let's go there, let's right? So it's more there. about being yeah. close to each other no matter where you are, which is very beautiful and poetic, I guess. And they kind of got screwed. They're like, well, I guess my uncle moved to fucking Minneapolis. Now I have to go there. You know, it's one it's one uncle's fault, and then he screws everybody else. Is your wife a doctor? No, she does PR. She does PR. Okay, yeah. okay. Do you, re- like, sometimes regret going into ER medicine? Do you wish you had pursued another career? You're going through midlife crisis. I don't know how old you are. How old are you? Um, I'm 47. 40. Do you, have, do you have like your midlife crisis ready? You buy your sports car? Are you kind of like, did I do the right thing with my life? Or I did I wish I were this, head in the hospital? Like, what was going through know. your head? I mean, I wish I'd inherited a lot of money. That would have been... That would have been nice for everybody. That was what sure. I... Sure. Yeah. But um, it's a good job. I mean, I, you know... Oh, I, your voice I, cracked on that a little bit, but okay. I'm trying to convince myself. Okay. A little cognitive dissonance action. That's yeah. good. That's delightful. But did you ever a dream, like something you really wanted to do and didn't do it? Do you have that? I thought I'd write... I do a little bit of that, but I don't have time. I mean, I'm happy with my. I'm, I'm you're sort happy. Of, the thing is, are I, you a I'm, happy guy in general, or I'm you're kind like of a, a person? I'm like my son. Like, what, no matter what circumstance he's in, he'll be like, "Oh, this is great." You know, he'll wake up with a smile. Okay. So I probably, if I weren't that person, I'd probably have a, you know, I'd probably be have a richer, better life somewhere. Okay. Do you but, ever lose your shit? Because you seem very even keeled. Yeah, I lose my shit. Do you do take you a lot? Do you want take me to show a lot? You? No, it would take a lot to push you over the edge. You don't uh, seem naturally feisty. Uh, I don't know what the the good or bad. I mean, for better or for worse, that's kind of how I am. Keep, I like that. That's yeah. nice. You know, you you exude um, the, what is it called tranquility in a way. Yeah. Well, you know, I did some uh, uh, meditation retreats. Did you? Yeah. Where'd you go for that? Um, Omega. No, I've never been there. I went up to Barrie, Massachusetts okay. with the uh, Insight Meditation people. So I did like the silent retreats. Oh, like the Vipassana. Vipassana. How was like a ten day silent? 10 day. I think I did seven day. I did a couple of those. I don't know. Did if you talk it did to yourself anything, when you go to bed? It's maddening. I mean, it's it's good. You you leave it. Something shifts, your brain waves kind of. Yeah, something happens to your brain chemistry. Yeah, I think something happens. But you know, when you're there, you're just bored. You yeah, know, right. I guess that's part of the point. Are there lectures? Is nobody's talking? Oh, there are lectures. Okay, so you sit quietly and listen. Yeah, and you then... listen to wisdom and you and you meditate. You just do a lot of meditating. And how's the food? Excellent. Food's got to be good. If you're going Excellent. to that, you're not talking. Food's got to be good. It's like simple vegetarian. It's really good. Now, uh, I'm I'm a vocal when I go to the bath. You know what I mean? Like when I go to the bathroom. Are you able to do that too? Are you allowed to have just basic body sounds? You know, yeah. like Ugh, like just. 
You are. Okay. Probably. It's just not talking or communicating with anybody else. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to communicate. So you it's not you can't get around it by like doing Right, right, right. Can you be a good ER doctor if you're very emotional? Or do you feel like that's not a good quality for a doctor in general? You have to be more cerebral than emotional. You have to be a little detached. Otherwise, you get carried over. You know what I mean? You cloud your judgment, like you said, when you treat your yeah. kids. I, I think people, ER people, are kind of uh, high energy, typically. They're kind of excited. and um, Right. But, you know, you have, to, you have to suppress certain things, and that's part of it. I mean, that's part of the medical job. For Emotionally, you have to do some gymnastics so you don't feel everything. And medical students ine- inevitably uh, come to some uh, understanding of how to do that, you know, where they, they're not letting everything in, where it doesn't, like, right. you know, kill them and they go home every day and cry. Yeah, you know, I, that would be me. Sad that things. would be me. That would no, be me. You'd, you'd figure it out. I know? don't know. It's, I might just get depressed or, you know, I'm, I'm not a self-medicator. Have you ever had any uh, doctors that you know that are like, uh-oh, these guys are doing substance abuse. These guys are self-medicating. These are guys are tapping into yeah, the cabinet. Yeah, people have problems. Yeah. Have you seen that on in, in your hospital, yeah, too? I mean, I had a good friend who had a problem. Yeah, I mean, and did he get suspended or disbar- yeah, not disbarred? What did he get? I ended up having some, uh, getting some rehab and, and okay. um, taking some time off, and then came back. He came back to the practice, so you don't get like clean. you don't yeah. get outlawed forever. Well, you get you get uh, you know disciplined, and and then you uh, do te- urine tests. Everybody have to do right. urine tests periodically, or no? No, we don't. Well, we maybe don't. that's also something that should be instituted. Well, okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just giving some tips here, just some ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do they do it with pilots? I just feel like people that have other people's lives in their hands, I feel like should be tested regularly for substance abuse. Yeah, pilots should, but yeah. you know, dog, you have to wind down after a long shift. Okay, I mean, fine. now it's you know right, you can buy enough. CBD in the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. So what's the difference between CBD and THC? So THC will get you high or okay. make you paranoid depending on your personality, but CBD is just uh, sort of a your body feels good. Really. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting. That's some drug. good shit. Yeah. CBD. What does it stand for? Cannabidiol. Oh, so it is like the cannabis, like it's part of the whole. Yeah, I mean I'm not like the expert on it or, okay. or a huge advocate for it, but I've tried it and I I think that it's certainly it. better than all the addictive like Valiums and Adderall. Right, and I'm all those sure. Things. But is it like so? It's not like smoking pot. No, not at all. Like you don't get high. So what is it? You don't get high, but you feel good. Isn't that getting high? Sort of. All right, just so it's different terminology. You so semantics. You your brain doesn't get high. Your, your brain doesn't. Your body. Good. You feel sort of relaxed. CBD over the counter. Yeah. Is it fun packaging? Is it like a little superheroes on there or what? Yeah, you can get gummies. You can get gummies. Oh, right, I'm gonna go get a gummy. I'm not a yeah. big drug person, but this feels like legit. I think it's you know if you have uh, you know, a rough day or okay. So instead yeah. of a glass of, of Brunello, you just pop a gummy. But listen, I don't know. Nobody really knows if you take it every day for a year what's gonna what's happen. Gonna, nobody you might knows. Grow up, you right. Know, horns or something. But. Oh, great. Are you well liked? You're well liked. People like you. I don't know. No, you do, and you're good looking too. You get hit on by all the young med students. I got hit on by a patient once. You did? Once. How'd that go? Was she attractive? She glued her eye shut, her one eye with uh, super glue. Wow, there's so she's intelligent in my... too. That's great. Yeah. A... <laughs> <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> did she do this on purpose? It was an accident, but she had she the courage. she do arts and crafts? She had the... she was she had the uh, sense of herself to ask me out, even with like one eye shut. That's confidence. But that's the only time in my career. You know, with a one-eyed, a... super-glued girl. Right. <laughs> she probably saw you like in a weird dimension. Um, but none of the like, young, nubile med students that come in under your, when you're like the attending? 
Well, no, they. I'm I'm so old now. No, no, you got the the silver fox thing going. No, no, I'm, you're you're good. I well, look, I don't want to disrupt anything. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Any attending physicians? It's like you're like the George Clooney of the hospital. I'm sure you are. Then you have that Turkish thing too. So people like a little Middle Eastern exotic, yeah, spicy flair. I wish I knew there was something I could I could work at some point. I could have worn a turban or something. Oh, that's do they wear turbans in Turkey? No, I mean okay, well, they don't. That might not be the right choice. Hard to, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know what is the ethnic garb in Turkey. What is yeah, it? Yeah, like kind of like I'd look like I'd go into the disco. Right. Yeah, a little maybe a silver sequin shirt. Right. With, with you, you have chest hair. Chest hair. I have a little bit. All right. Get a little, little cross there. Are most Turks? They're, no, they're, they're not. They're Muslim. Muslim and Christian though. They're there Muslim. are Christians. Yeah, we, we have some Christians, but mostly Muslim. Mostly Muslim. Muslim? Yeah. Okay. Are you emotionally ready to express my pus? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Um, I have had. It's been a delight to have you here. And take care of yourselves, folks, and go out and buy some CBD. I think we think it's okay. We just got FDA and doctor approved here, right on on the uh, on the show. Subscribe to the website. I didn't just say that right. Subscribe to the podcast xrepod.com. This is Raylan Casper Watts signing off. Mm-hmm.